Welcome to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk and gold sponsor, Podium. Whispering Loudly is the workshop whisperer podcast with Rachel Evans. Hello, I'm producer Mel and we're really excited to be joined by Paul Merrick today. He's a car-loving entrepreneur that spends his day writing about cars. Wow, it would be so many people's dream job, I think. Paul is the co-founder of independent publisher carexpert.com.au and co-founded caradvice.com, which he sold to the Nine Network in 2016. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you, guys. Great to have you here, Paul. Thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your busy day to chat with me. Can you let our Whispering Loudly listeners know a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Look, I've got a bit of an interesting history because I grew up loving technology and computers and I was sort of fully into all the nerdy stuff that landed me in the category of not having many friends. <laughs> and in addition to that, I was um, I was big into my cars as well. And when I was younger, I started a, a car website when I was 17. That eventually started uh, growing to, to the point where I needed to, to take on extra people to help me run it. And that's where I stumbled across a guy called Elbors that had uh, sort of started car advice. And uh, from there, our relationship grew. He bought my website. I basically sold to him in return for equity. And Car Advice was built from there. We we basically now have have a 15 to 20 year history of testing all the latest new cars on the market, attending a lot of international and local launches for all the new car products. And I just love cars. I mean, it, it's one of these things that people say, if you're doing a job that you love, you would do it without getting paid. And I'm, I'm well and truly in that category. <laughs> So before we get into what you're doing with carexpert.com, you've obviously got a huge passion for all things automotive, but how did you go from studying a a Bachelor of Mechanical Engineering to becoming a motoring journalist and a well-known face in the media for caradvice.com? When I was sort of at high school, I started this website and I thought, look, the website, I just want to write about cars. I had no intention of ever testing cars. And I contacted all the car companies in Australia asking to be put on their press release databases. And Mitsubishi got back to me and they said, you know, we'll add you to our database. Would you like to test one of our cars? And I was like, well, that sounds like a good idea. I don't mind the sound of that. And the first car they offered me was, uh, at at the time, it was, you know, one of my dream cars, a Mitsubishi Evo 7. And I thought, I'll definitely sign up for that. And I wasn't 18 at the time. So I had to basically wait till I was 18, stall her until I was actually allowed to, to drive these cars. And it really is a job that you fall into because it's one of those things that you never see advertised. And and certainly there's so few motoring journalists in Australia that that it really is something that um, that you really need a foot in the door to, to get into. And that's what happened with me. When I started writing about these cars, it led to led to getting into a newspaper and, and then that sort of expanded from there to, to the point where we had the car advice transaction and, and that started growing. I did my engineering degree in the background that was over a five-year period. So I was doing all the car stuff in my spare time while I was at uni and developed my skills from there. Okay. So carexpert.com launched not long ago, early 2020, and you've already had huge success with it. You've got a publication that reaches over a million unique visitors every month and 130,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's no mean feat. Congratulations. Thank you. We actually uh, just last night one website of the year at the recent Umbrella Publish Awards. So that's a, a big accolade for us and, and I think a testament to to how well our team has done since the since the site launched. And we launched our site at the start of 
the COVID pandemic. So when we went to market to, to raise funds for it, we genuinely thought that we'd be in grave danger because, you know, the money, no, no one knew what was going to happen. And we'd left car advice at the end of 2019 when the world was still in a stable place. <laughs> so we couldn't exactly go back there. <laughs> Yes, definitely. So you mentioned one of your co-founders before. You've actually got two co-founders as part of this team. I know what it's like just to be one founder. What's it like to be working in a team with three? You know what? It's easy and challenging. So it's it's easy in the sense that our visions align. We know what we want. And, and I guess we, we all strive to achieve the same goal. Where it's not easy is when you get differences of opinion. And and I think that's the hard thing. You need to know someone well enough to be able to overcome a difference of opinion. I think that if you simply sweep things under the rug, uh, under the rug rather, you get to the point where they end up boiling over. And, and I know for us that we've known each other now for, for 15 years or so, and we have just so much fun together that when things arise, if you do have a blow up over something, you, you basically get over it and, and move on with life. And I think that if you have the same vision in the business and you know what you want to achieve, you simply need you know, a, a co-founder that, that is on that same page and that you can be upfront and honest with. There, there is absolutely no point having someone who's there uh, just for their name, because ultimately, if you don't share the same vision, you won't, won't actually succeed in business. And for you listening out there, all the husband and wife auto repair shop owners, this very definitely applies to you. Often we have the husband that starts the shop and then the wife will come in later to support. So wives, even though you're not co-founders, you're very much in this team dynamic that requires the same kind of communication that you're talking about, Mark. You have to work to your strengths, right? So if you're the person that started the business and your strengths are um, in repair, then stick to that. If your other part is is you know strong in accounting or looking after books or, or whatever they do, leave that to them as well. I think if you, if you both realise that you're good at certain things, that's that's where you need to draw the line. And also leave business at at the workplace. Don't bring it home with you. I find that, that often complicates things. Absolutely. I personally can say that, uh, yes, that gets very complicating. Avoid mistakes others are making and take your auto repair shop to the next level. To reach out, email admin at workshopwhisperer.com with the subject Workshop Whispers and we'll answer your question in our next Workshop Whispers episode. So, Paul, we've got a number of auto repair shops around Australia, New Zealand, even in the US and Canada that are members of our Facebook community and they'll often ask questions uh, about electric cars and and new technologies. What do you think electrification of cars means for workshop owners and how they can embrace technology? Yeah, look, this is an interesting one. We actually, I was chatting with the guys about this the other day. The problem we're going to have in the not too distant future is that you're going to have two sets of people in the industry, right? You're going to have people who will work on classic cars. They will work on internal combustion cars and perhaps some of the newer stuff. And then you'll have a subset of people that will work on, on electric cars. And it's important to understand that while they're both cars, they're both quite different in terms of the way that they work. And now's the time to start upskilling yourself because the trend we're seeing is that electric cars are picking up and at a very quick pace. Australia is quite far behind the rest of the world in terms of EV uptake. But if you look at where the rest of the world's heading and and where the EU is heading in terms of emissions, we can see that that that's the path we're heading down. So instead of pretending that EVs don't exist, now's the time to upskill, but also keep the skills on older cars because what we'll find, I'm in this boat, I have a bunch of old Holdens and 
I know that I don't want to take one of my prized possessions to someone who has no idea what they're doing. So don't stick to, to one lane there in terms of what you specialise in. Try and broaden your skills and understand that, that the EV stuff is coming in. And while it may be simpler in terms of servicing, you have less moving parts, it will still require some level of expertise to work on this stuff when it gets out of warranty. We're going to have the same issue moving forward with these vehicles that we do with internal combustion cars. So it is important to, uh, to upskill and just make sure you're across all of this new technology. Okay, fantastic. So how many cars do you think you've tested in your time? That's a good question. So I average about five cars a week that, that we get through. And I've been doing this since I was 17. I'm now 35 or something like that. So I don't know what the maths is, but it's probably scary a lot. <laughs> amount of cars. And it ranges literally from everything, so, you know, from a, a Nissan Micra through to a Bugatti Veyron. Like we, we do everything that we can. And it, it really is interesting to see how much the car market has changed. I could confidently say 15 years ago that there were some cars in the market you would never recommend even to your worst enemy. Today, there are so few cars in the market that you can say that car is bad, do not buy it. There is a car literally for everyone. And that's why we're seeing uh, such dominance at the moment with some of the Chinese brands, for example. They're bringing cars into the country that are significantly cheaper than than uh, established players. And And while people who know cars may not like them, People who don't know cars just look at the price and they're buying them. So we are seeing a big trend in, in that market at the moment. And the car market is ever evolving in Australia. It, it is just absolutely crazy. Are there any things that you see in terms of consumer trends, things that surprise you that the consumer might be looking for when they're purchasing a car? They're so heavily focused on technology now. So if you were to launch a car today without smartphone mirroring technology, such as Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, you're already two steps behind the rest of the field. So they're moving away from design and more into technology now. So that there is a huge focus and you'll see a lot of car companies are now Evolving into tech companies, so Jaguar Land Rover, for example, they recently hired something like a 1,000 people to, to add to their EV and tech division. And as part of that, they've realized that, you know, in some of the older Jaguar Land Rover products, their infotainment systems were really poor. And that was putting a lot of people off buying them. And you look at the advent of brands like Tesla. Tesla is technically a tech company that builds cars. So when you sit inside one of their cars, you're blown away with the tech. And a lot of manufacturers are now realizing that's where they need to head. I think that's a trend that will continue. They, they realize that cars need to be more than just a mode of transport. They need to actually have a whole lot of features that suit your lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about good first impressions for a second. This is a question that we like to ask many of our guests. What is your advice for our listeners around creating a great first impression when a customer comes back to the workshop to get their vehicle after there's been work done on it? So there's two things for me. So I know that this is going to be hard for a lot of people, but I think a clean working environment. I know that when um, when we've taken some of our, our test cars in to, to have things looked at, you walk into some dealerships or workshops and, and it's it's a mess. It's, a, it's a, a real clutter in there. You've got to understand that if that's your working environment and you're in and around that all day, it might be okay. But if you're a customer that's bringing their, their prized possession in, they want to feel like it's it's being looked after. So that, that's one thing. The other thing is don't make it like a dentist experience. I know every time I go to the dentist, I walk out and I'm like, okay, this is going to cost me $200. And then they give me the bill and it's like $600. And I'm like, okay, I don't even understand how it's that expensive. I think you need to set a customer up with an expectation of exactly how much something will cost. Obviously things pop up along the way, 
But I think being upfront and transparent will win you those brownie points because nobody wants to feel like they're getting taken advantage of. And that's why I think it's important before the customer leaves uh, after dropping their car off that they comprehensively understand what this might cost. And if things pop up, what extra cost could be added to it? I think that's a really sort of important part of making them feel like they're part of the journey. So again, communication is key. 100%. Communication is key. And that's that's so true in every part of life. I know that every time you get a breakdown in communication, things go bad that could have been resolved simply by communicating properly. I agree. So our final question for our listeners, again, you being an expert in the online space, you've, you've been hanging out there for a number of years now. What advice do you have for our listeners regarding how they can create fun, memorable social media content for their own online audiences? For me, it is, it is so simple. And a lot of people don't do this, but it's be real, be yourself, because a lot of people will, will look at a persona of someone that they follow or enjoy and they'll try try and be them. But the more you try and be them, the the faker you are and the less that people will engage with you. The whole concept of social media is for, for people to feel like, you know, you are engaging with them and you're on the same level as them. So it's important to just be yourself. And, and what we find, for example, with our YouTube channel, we, we do the same thing that the rest of our competitors in Australia do. We review the same cars, they get shared around between us. So we don't do anything unique in that sense. What we do do though, is we focus on detailed car reviews in, in a real fashion. So if you go down the path of doing things for social media, make sure you're consistent with what you do. So if, if you are doing content around the services you provide, don't all of a sudden start doing content on some political issue or, or your cat or something like that. You need to really just stick in your lane and just stay with the, the content types that you're after. And, and I guess People, people think that's an obvious thing to say. The other one is also have a look at your analytics. Uh, on a lot of platforms these days, the analytics are so rich that you're able to look at things that have done well and then you can replicate those. So if you see that something you've tried is particularly do, doing poorly, stay away from that and the stuff that is doing well, try and, and create more of that content type. Fantastic advice and make sure for you listening out there that you jump over to Paul's website, carexpert.com and live vicariously through Paul and his uh, amazing dream job of uh, reviewing up to five cars a week. Paul, thank you so much for joining us here on Whispering Loudly. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And if you are not yet a member of our free online Facebook group, Your Profitable Auto Repair Shop, make sure you jump across there and request to join. It's a best practice sharing community with thousands of auto repair shop owners from around Australia, New Zealand, the USA, Canada and the UK all sharing information so that you can grow your auto repair shop. Thanks for listening to Whispering Loudly, the award-winning workshop whisperer podcast, as featured by Apple with Rachel Evans, the number one automotive business coach in the aftermarket. Thanks to titanium sponsor, Mechanic Desk, and gold sponsor, Podium.